my investment thesis is uh, that uh, I invest where uh, I see two factors uh, at the same time. One is uh, if we succeed, uh, will it make a difference? And um, if uh, we have to develop uh, beautiful uh, digital health uh, things uh, that will uh, just increase uh, the number of uh, times uh, you look at the monitor uh, and uh, knowing a little bit better uh, your uh, health, uh, it doesn't make a difference uh, to my to my count. Um, developing a drug that will solve uh, prostate tumor uh, or uh, um, ovarian tumor uh, or uh, developing uh, a solution for uh, treating a depression uh, in a much more uh, effective way is something that will change uh, the life uh, of uh, millions of people and uh, this is where uh, I engage. What does it take to create a surgical robot, especially when competing against behemoths like Intuitive Surgical? My name is Jeff, and this is How It's Met, the podcast where we chat with founders, funders, and occasionally the team creating a new surgical robot for lower resource settings. Last time, we sat down with chairman and CEO of X-Surgical, Michele Morzola, to learn more about his journey from IBM into health tech ventures. This time around, we learn more about X-Surgical, a company devoted to deploying surgical robots in lower resource, more rugged settings. Let's get started. Um, we mentioned two important aspects of X-Surgical that allow for it to democratize robotic surgery overall. But developing a robot that does surgery in collaboration with a literal rocket device laboratory is not a simple endeavor. What are, the, some, what are some of the struggles that uh, X-Surgical has faced? Uh, how has it overcome them? And where specifically in its timeline is the company now? You are uh, absolutely right. In uh, all my ventures, uh, I can certainly tell uh, that uh, surgical robotics uh, is uh, the most complicated of them all. You have all complications of uh, clinical development, uh, technological development. Uh, the IP scenario is uh, extremely complicated because uh, Intuitive Surgical, uh, the dominant player, has basically patented everything, uh, including the sun and the pizza, even if uh, it has nothing to do with uh, surgical robotics, but uh, they've been able to patent everything. So um, the patent landscape is not easy. We've been able to develop uh, four patent families uh, uh, in our earlier uh, development, and we plan to do new patents around uh, our uh, field operations uh, and also for our uh, normal uh, emergency room uh, applications. Um, so the challenges uh, are uh, all there uh, and uh, it is uh, not easy. Um, we are the three competent uh, co-founders uh, bringing together the very deep domain skills in, uh, in robotics. Also Deborah Boturi, the other co-founder is a PhD in robotics. Uh, and uh, we have uh, the business experience uh, of uh, Gianluca and myself uh, being uh, uh, serial entrepreneurs. Uh, Deborah is actually working uh, today for the, one of the major tool manufacturers in uh, the surgical industry. Um, so we have uh, we're well equipped, uh, but clearly we have uh, to complement uh, 
and uh, strengthen uh, the team and uh, the capital raise uh, that we are doing is exactly meant uh, to have the funds uh, necessary to complete uh, the team and uh, complete uh, the first uh, two prototypes uh, that we will be using uh, for regulatory purposes. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the deployment of the surgical robot to battlefield settings in such an austere setting. What's the case for using such an intricate um, and, to be frank, often high-maintenance piece of machinery? Isn't oh, is. the use of basic human hands uh, more reliable overall? Well, in fact, it is. There's uh, only a little detail. Normally, military surgeons uh, despise uh, having to defend their lives uh, battling with enemies uh, while uh, trying to save the lives of uh, wounded soldiers. So, um, a military surgeon uh, would feel a lot better uh, to be in a safe haven, uh, probably a few miles away or uh, uh, 20,000 miles away from uh, the point of injury and uh, being dedicated only to saving the life uh, of uh, the wounded soldier instead of battling for his own life uh, as well. So. Um, this is the dream that uh, the Department of Defense uh, has, uh, has had for uh, many years, and uh, we are uh, developing uh, our uh, battlefield and uh, civilian emergency version uh, under those auspices uh, of finding a way of uh, intervening uh, on uh, a very harsh environment, uh, like uh, really on uh, the um, on the battlefield, uh, on uh, the point of injury, with uh, a robot uh, that could be light enough uh, to be deployed uh, by hand uh, by four uh, paramedics uh, on a normal military vehicle uh, that can be assembled uh, in a matter of minutes, uh, even in, uh, um, in trenches uh, that uh, could operate with uh, unreliable power sources. Uh, we have considered to put uh, the power source uh, on the base of uh, the operating bed uh, with uh, all sorts of uh, visual uh, devices uh, that would give uh, to the remote surgeon uh, both uh, the overall uh, vision of the theater uh, of uh, the wounded soldier as well as uh, all uh, the laparoscopic cameras uh, in order to operate on laparoscopy if necessary or uh, very likely on the battlefield uh, on open surgery in order to be quicker on uh, saving uh, the life of the soldier, uh, blocking hemorrhages uh, or intervening on uh, broken limbs uh, in order to limit uh, the future damages uh, that uh, the soldier can suffer. So mm -hmm. this is uh, the, uh, the objective and then we have different uh, level of uh, deployment uh, near uh, to the point of injury. So one of uh, the easiest is uh, to deploy our uh, robot uh, in uh, tented uh, hospitals, uh, so the typical field hospitals uh, uh, for military purposes, which would be a lot nearer uh, than um, a sterilized operating room to uh, to a military operation. So, um, and uh, this is uh, certainly an interesting challenge from a technical point of view because. Uh, we have to design a robot uh, that can operate from, uh, in terms of uh, centigrades, from minus 20 centigrades uh, to plus 70 centigrades in order to be able to operate on 
Arctic uh, deployment as well as uh, in uh, desert operations uh, under the snowstorms uh, or the sandstorms uh, with uh, a number of tools uh, in order to use uh, the tools only on the single wounded soldier for uh, that mission and then to go through the sterilization back when taken back to the to the home hospital of uh, of uh, that robot so um, yeah. Very good challenges, and we are very happy to be able to solve a good number of uh, these uh, of these problems. So. I've got two follow-up questions to that. One is that you mentioned previously that Exerticals robot is able to operate in both uh, less dense tissues, so say the abdomen, uh, versus more dense tissues, such as uh, in an orthopedic setting. Yeah. What are the limitations posed by this flexibility, uh, or perhaps you could say by this lack of specialization? Yeah, no, in fact, uh, this is uh, the typical uh, difficulty in any new product development of uh, looking at the value of variety versus uh, the cost of complexity. We have solved it uh, with uh, the design of uh, the robot being uh, a robot with uh, up to four operating arms. The arms uh, are uh, designed to be strong enough uh, to operate on uh, on um, uh, bone tissues, essentially, so for neurosurgery and uh, for the orthopedics. So the strength uh, of uh, the the power of the motors uh, and uh, the rigidity of the arms uh, is uh, possibly excessive uh, for uh, operation on the abdomen, uh, but this is. Uh, part of the embedded cost of uh, the robot, which is not going to be excessive uh, compared uh, to the current uh, Da Vinci product line. So uh, there is uh, a potential uh, slight uh, increase in cost, uh, which is not an increase in price uh, for uh, pure uh, soft TC operations. Uh, but with uh, the advantage uh, of uh, using uh, the same asset uh, on uh, any type of tissues uh, in uh, the human body. Um, we are not uh, trying uh, to operate on uh, eyes, uh, but we can uh, work on uh, any face uh, operations. So uh, we are not trying to go into the retina or uh, any specific uh, eye surgery because uh, that's uh, a very tricky one but we have the precision to adapt uh, our uh, robotic actuation to any laparoscopic procedure that can be uh, remotely operated as well as uh, being capable of uh, doing all uh, the heart tissue penetrations for example for operation in neurosurgery or uh, for, the, for example, total knee replacement, where, uh, where you need to have the strength uh, to operate on uh, cutting the femur uh, or the tibia in order to implant uh, the new um, artificial uh, knee implant. Mm -hmm. I think the, the other question that inevitably springs off of that uh, quote that you gave with regard to the robot having four arms is what is the surgeon's feedback? been to uh the the development of the robot so far i'd be really interested to hear what they think of the flexibility of this platform but also of needing to use multiple different arms to accomplish the same objective uh in multiple different 
settings, whether or not it's in a yeah. remote setting or whether or not it's a different setting in the body? Well, first of all, uh, our, uh, our configuration is uh, modular, so we can operate uh, with up to four arms, uh, but there are uh, simple uh, procedures uh, such as uh, guided biopsies, uh, where uh, you may do it uh, with only two arms, uh, one with uh, the camera and one with uh, the tool for uh, the biopsy. So it depends on uh, the procedures and uh, the hospital can optimize uh, the cost uh, and uh, the utilization uh, by setting uh, the operating room uh, or the operating field uh, for the, with uh, the number of uh, arms uh, necessary for the, that procedure. Um, we have uh, had uh, the fortune of having uh, Mr. Wayne, Dr. Wayne Paul, uh, one of uh, the successful uh, surgeon uh, who has operated on uh, several uh, surge, uh, surgical robots, uh, as well as being uh, an entrepreneur himself uh, developing his own uh, medical device company, um, over the seeing uh, the development of our uh, Gamma, and uh, he praised uh, the development of Gamma very positively. Um, we have uh, also recently engaged uh, a new advisor, uh, uh, Dr. Arnon Korngard, uh, who has been one of the first uh, to apply the Da Vinci robot on uh, prostectomy, uh, the most important and uh, still uh, the largest uh, application of the Da Vinci robot. Uh, and uh, he also liked very much our approach, uh, and uh, he has actually been one of the first uh, authors uh, of uh, creating uh, shareable uh, surgical robotic uh, opportunities, uh, which is one of our themes uh, of enabling uh, regional hospital uh, to afford uh, surgical robots uh, because uh, they may even uh, pool uh, their interest uh, with uh, two or three nearby hospitals uh, and having uh, the robot on, um, on a trailer uh, to be deployed uh, a couple of days uh, per uh, hospital uh, during uh, the week. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, to, to, I guess, backtrack a little, your work in life sciences is very diverse, but I noticed it mainly focuses on therapeutics and devices only. This is a trend that's contrary to the glut of digital health and medical software startups that are forming and beginning to enter the market now. Why did you make this choice and what are the barriers to entry to and difficulties associated with entering these more capital intensive fields? Well, see, it's a long story because uh, we, an investor, be it uh, a VC fund or a private investor has got its own uh, in investment thesis. And uh, my investment thesis is uh, that uh, I invest where uh, I see two factors uh, at the same time. One is, uh, if we succeed, uh, will it make a difference? And um, if uh, we have to develop uh, beautiful uh, digital health uh, things uh, that will uh, just increase uh, the number of uh, times uh, you look at the monitor uh, and uh, knowing a little bit better uh, your uh, health, it doesn't make a difference uh, to my to my count. Um, Developing a drug that will solve uh, prostate tumor uh, or uh, um, ovarian tumor uh, or uh, developing uh, 
a solution for the treating a depression in a much more effective way is something that will change the life of millions of people and this is where I engage. The other criteria in my investment thesis is that I will never really invest time if I do not see the possibility of a 20-time return for myself and for my co-investors. And um, at the end of the day, if you look at uh, many opportunities in digital health, uh, it is rather elusive uh, to think uh, that you can get a 20-time return. Um, in my opinion, there is no free lunch in uh, life sciences, uh, so you have uh, a very hard gain if you take uh, very hard risks. And uh, the hard risks uh, are typical of uh, preclinical development in uh, drug development, where the, you do all uh, your uh, due diligence on uh, the quality of the science uh, developed so far, uh, the potential evolution of uh, that science, uh, and the potential impact of that therapy if we were to be successful. It mm -hmm. is the same in medical devices where you can gauge the potential impact of a new medical device if we succeed in delivering the benefits that we are envisaging and designing. All the time that I looked at uh, potential investment cases in digital health, uh, I've been very lukewarm on uh, the potential impact uh, and even on uh, the potential return. So I'm very happy to leave it uh, to many other investors uh, that have uh, digital health uh, among their uh, preferences uh, and concentrate on uh, my on the domain uh, that I prefer. Um, same thing, unfortunately, on diagnostic. I like diagnostic uh, conceptually. I think uh, we can make uh, great progresses on diagnostic, uh, but it is uh, very, very hard uh, to have follow-on investments in uh, diagnostics. Uh, so I've uh, abandoned uh, diagnostic uh, unless it is uh, for companion diagnostic on uh, my drug development uh, companies. So this is uh, where uh, I'm concentrating because I see the possibility of uh, the two key objectives uh, to be achieved at the same time, great impact uh, and a 20 time return for our investors. That's super interesting. Um, we don't have the time to go through all the work that you do uh, as a lead investor or otherwise in various companies, but you continue to do some amazing work outside of X-Surgical. What are the three projects of yours that excite you the most? Well, there are many. So, um, that to follow on on uh, the discussion on uh, mental health, um, we are very excited about what we are achieving uh, at Soma, a company based in Finland where I'm a lead investor. The company is uh, the emerging leader uh, on a treatment for depression, chronic pain, and migraine called uh, with a technology called uh, transcranial direct current stimulation where uh, we have a solution which is totally non-invasive, uh, which permits uh, to deliver a very feeble uh, direct current in the brain to stimulate uh, the part of the brain that affect uh, those uh, syndromes. 
and uh, with a treatment that lasts about uh, 40 minutes per day, five days a week. In one month, we have uh, been able uh, on uh, 10,000 patients uh, to make uh, all of them much better off uh, at the end of the first month of treatment without any visiveness, without uh, any side effect. And uh, we are the, the only one which uh, is uh, approved uh, as a medical device uh, and that can be can deliver uh, the treatment uh, at home, increasing uh, compliance, uh, reducing cost. Uh, and we're able to get people out of uh, depression, even starting from a very deep depression, in uh, one month uh, with a cost uh, per user, uh, which is uh, less than $500 uh, per patient, which is about one-tenth of an alternative treatment called uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which requires hospitalization every day. So uh, that's uh, very exciting. We are raising uh, a Series A of uh, 5 million, and uh, I'm uh, certainly very interested in talking with uh, potential investors willing to join us, uh, even with uh, small ticket items uh, together with uh, other uh, um, family offices, uh, both in Italy and uh, in Finland. The other project uh, that uh, I would like to talk about is uh, my own uh, um, biotechnology company where uh, we are developing a solution for the five solid tumors, uh, prostate, uh, bladder, uh, pancreas, uh, stomach, and colorectal tumors. Uh, this is the company that I founded with uh, Professor Marco Colombatti, and uh, we have designed uh, a novel uh, antibody drug conjugate, uh, which combines uh, two fragments of antibody seeking at the same time two antigens uh, fused uh, together with a toxin. And uh, on the animal model, we have shown uh, the capability of reducing tumoral mass uh, by 75% uh, in a month uh, without uh, any side effect uh, and uh, with a very limited uh, dose, uh, even though we have not observed any toxicity anyway, the toxicity would have been extremely low because we are able to take the toxin within the tumoral mass uh, and uh, then the toxin unleashes uh, an enzymatic process uh, that keeps eroding uh, the tumoral mass uh, for at least uh, 10 days, uh, in, uh, making uh, an incredible exponential uh, effect uh, in uh, terms of uh, toxicity injected uh, versus uh, tumoral mass uh, destroyed uh, compared with uh, the current ADCs uh, that at the end of the day are limited by the stoichiometric ratio of uh, the toxicity injected uh, to the tumoral mass destroyed. So these are very exciting projects uh, where uh, we are uh, working and uh, trying to get uh, all of them uh, to the line of uh, delivering uh, tangible uh, clinical outcome and uh, hopefully then uh, to be acquired uh, for uh, a lot of money. That's fair enough. It's, it's really fascinating that you're involved in so many different fields. Uh, in life sciences overall, each with, as you said, the potential to make massive impact uh, on problems that are quite severe and not necessarily as well addressed as we'd like. Um, I tend to ask this question to everyone who comes on, uh, but beyond these amazing projects that you've just mentioned, uh, are there any new projects uh, that you're working on, or as I say, any pluggables to plug that you'd like to share uh, with the audience of this podcast? Well, for sure. Uh, there's always uh, the next investment, which uh, 
you think is going to be the smartest and uh, most beautiful uh, that you are going to accomplish. In fact, uh, we have uh, we have uh, been working uh, on a new investment in a French company named uh, Sikio, S-O-E-E-K-Y-O, and uh, the company is also drug development uh, in oncology. They have uh, an incredible uh, uh, formulation uh, which uh, permits uh, to deliver aristatine as uh, a tumor killer only when uh, there are necrotic parts of the tumor uh, that basically unleash and uh, creates uh, the separation of uh, the linker. Uh, um, they've uh, shown uh, animal models with uh, regression on pancreatic tumors uh, up to 85%, so even better than uh, my own intercepting on pancreatic, but I'm also addressing other four large important tumors, so I'm still keeping uh, a strong development there. And um, at CQO, we're going to create a consortium with uh, other investors in uh, in Europe without revealing anything more. And uh, we are about uh, to close uh, the consortium during this uh, coming fall, uh, and uh, that will be an interesting uh, new endeavor where uh, hopefully we will take uh, the experience uh, that we have developed in other five uh, um, drug development uh, projects uh, in oncology. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Kelly. I really appreciate the time. Well, thank you, Joff, for inviting me, and uh, it's been a real pleasure to share some of my thoughts and experiences in life sciences. Thank uh, to you and uh, to all the, the people participating to this webcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of How It's Med. If you liked what you heard, the best way to support us is to go to your podcast platform, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you like, and to give us a rating and a recommendation or a comment so that others can best find us. If you can't do that, then we'd really appreciate it if you could share your favorite episode with those that you care about and who you think would find our work interesting. Till next time.